Hello and welcome back to the Source Property Podcast. Today we've got a change of host. Um, Chris is not with us, but instead you've got me. So I'm Monica, I'm the Marketing Manager at Source, and I've got a guest with us today, and we'll be talking about rent to rent. So I've got Jason Kay with me here, who is a Source franchisee and who's got quite a bit of experience with rent to rent. So hi, Jason, would you like to um, tell us a bit more about your experience and your property journey? Yes, hi. Um, so I'm Jason K, Director of Sourced Humber. I have a portfolio of mixed properties, uh, in, which includes rent-to-rent as well. So I, I use rent-to-rent to, to top up my property portfolio. Okay, brilliant. So just to, for anyone who doesn't actually know what rent-to-rent is and why are we dedicating a podcast episode to it, could you just share more about how it actually works with rent-to-rent deals? Yeah, so basically, rather than having to buy a property, it is possible to take that property from the owner and and rent it on a a special contract where you take control of the property, you pay a rent to the owner, and then you use that property to generally to rent out in a different way to increase the cash flow. So what's the what's the advantages of it? Why would you rent a property to to make money from it rather than just just buy it? So as an example, one of the properties I have is a rent-to-rent uh, service accommodation apartment in Nottingham. So I rent that for £1,000 uh, a month, which is, to a northerner like me, is a lot of money for rent. Um, it's more than my mortgage at home. Um, and But what I do with that is I then rent that out uh, on a nightly basis on Airbnb and Booking.com. So that provides me with enough income to pay the rent, pay all the bills and have a healthy profit at the end of it. Okay, would you say this is something that anyone could do or is this a strategy more for experienced property investors? I think it's something that a lot of people can use to to help get into property. It's a way to to get properties and, and have control and make income from them without having to have the deposits you know the large deposits to buy properties so it's definitely something people who are just getting into property can start with and it's often taught in a lot of the property courses that it's the way to get in and I I think it's it's an excellent way you just need to be a little bit careful about how you do it there are some things to watch out for and it's like everything it's not always as simple as some people will make out but it's not a difficult thing. And if you follow, you know, follow a few rules and, and, and do your due diligence like you should on any property uh, transaction, then you shouldn't go far wrong. Okay, that's, that's brilliant to know. So now if you say, so say you'd like to do a rent-to-rent deal, how would you go about actually finding a property that is suitable? Because I assume there, there are some criteria that you would look for to make a property work for rent-to-rent. So... Would you just go on the right move and, and do your search? Or is there any other way you would find the renter in deals? How would you go about it? Yeah, so there's there's probably, you know, a few ways to, to go about it. One of them is obviously find properties on, on right move and Zuper and, and so on. Um, that would be suitable. But I guess you've you've got to first understand what you want to do with the property. So, you know, so for instance, I use uh, rent to rent for service accommodation um, and that brings in enough cash flow for me to make a, a reasonable profit from it 
Some people use rent to rent for HMOs, for example. So they will rent a HMO for a, a reduced amount of income from a landlord, and they then rent that out either as a HMO or potentially even as a service accommodation. So you need to really understand what you want to do with the property. And I would say that's probably the first step because that's like picking your property strategy. You know, each one is different and there are different things to consider. Um, and also location as well is a big one in that, you know. So I personally would always start somewhere fairly local to where to where I live so that it's easy to be at the property whenever needed and to deal with any issues. But also you also then have the local knowledge to be able to understand what a particular property might be useful for, you know, whether it's a contractor service accommodation, whether it's a holiday let, you know, whether it's a HMO. Uh, understand the market and then decide what you could do with the property. I would then look for properties in that particular area again this can be right move it can be zoopla it can be through sending letters out to landlords homeowners it could be through agents you know so a good a good way is to talk to agents any properties that they can pass on you know they may they'll they'll still get their commission they may, they'll still get their management fee from the owner so there's a there's a few ways to find find a property that's suitable for rent to rent generally you look for properties which are in good condition if you're doing serviced accommodation if it's a if it's a HMO that's not in great condition, the landlord may be more motivated to do a rent to rent. However, you're likely to have to spend a reasonable amount or a significant amount of money on that property. So that then makes it less viable and makes your um your prof or reduces your profit and makes the deal more difficult. But it's still possible. Okay. So say you found a property and obviously you need to speak to the landlord of that property and propose your deal to them. How do you actually do it? How do you convince the landlord to go for this deal with you? Because if you tell them how much money you, you what you're planning to do with that deal, they may just decide, oh, I'll do that myself. Thank you very much. So how would you go about actually convincing a landlord to, to allow you to take control of the property? I guess it's like, like anything, it's that you're trying to sell if you're a salesman. And I'm, I'm not a salesman. I, I struggle with the whole concept of selling. However, what, you, what you're doing is selling the benefits. Um, so to the landlord, you know, he's going to have no hassle. He's going to have a property that's um, maintained. He's going to have no tenant issues. He's going to have no fees for new tenants if it's a HMO, for example. The other, the other, one of the benefits to the service accommodation side is that you're going to present that property in a very, very nice condition for the for the guests. So the landlord is then re or should be reassured that the property is going to be maintained to a high standard. It's going to be retained to him at the end of it to a high standard. And then the other side of it is you're going to provide him with a longer term income. So generally, a rent to rent contract would be between three and five years. So I have one which is on a three year deal with an option to renew at the end of that. That property owner then knows they're getting the rent from me for three years without any interference, any anything they need to do. It's all under my control. And that's that's great for a lot of people um especially people like overseas investors who've bought apartments off plan um where they've just bought them for the investment factor they can then rent them out for three years have no tenancy issues and you know they're they're, they're getting their return that they expect 
Okay, that sounds really good. It's, it's brilliant to share this sort of insight for anyone who's new to rent to rent. You mentioned that you would normally take a rent to rent deal for like three years uh, with some break clauses. Would you at any point want to buy this property instead of just renting it from the landlord? Or is rent to rent something that you don't go on to buy this property? Generally, I would say it's not something you're going to buy. Now, when it comes to the end of your agreement or, you know, the landlord wants to sell, you know, the landlord may approach you and say, look, I'm I'm looking to sell. Would you like to buy it? Then you've obviously got that option. But it's not generally something that is part of the plan, I would say, certainly not in my case. If, however, I had a property in an area which is doing really well, I may then look to buy another property in that area and do the same with that one as well. My strategy generally is to build a portfolio. So I, I use rent to rent to top up the cash flow. So for example, you know, if I if I want to buy uh, an apartment, a flat to do serviced accommodation, I'd, I'd maybe need £25,000 as a deposit. Whereas for, I, I could actually go to a saucer. Uh, and again, we never, I never mentioned this previously, but saucers are a great route to find properties that are suitable for rent to rent. Because if you use a good saucer, they will have done the due diligence. So you've got a head start on that. And they'll also have checked things like whether or not the landlord is able to, to rent it out on a, what we call a corporate let, which is a rent to rent agreement. I did well. I did one for less than six thousand pounds. I secured a property for three years in a town centre location, fully furnished, um, which I've actually never seen. You know, so I've I've never seen the the apartment. It's fully managed for me, and every month I spend maybe an hour just looking at the money that's come in and paying the invoice to the management agency. So it's very hands off in that sense, and it can be hands off, or it, or it can be fully managed by yourself, depending on what you want to do. I would say, yeah, in answer to your question, I would say buying it is not normally in the plan. Rent to rent's great for big, quick cash flow. So, so for instance, I, I said I, I, it cost me less than 6000 for the, the one I mentioned. So it wouldn't take many months' profit to have another 6000 to to get another rent to rent. So you can very quickly build a portfolio of rent-to-rent properties. And I know people who purely do rent-to-rent and they make massive cash flow. Uh, I know one lady who, within her first year, she took on eight or nine properties and she was netting £16,000 a month profit. That's um, brilliant. You know, and that is um, absolutely amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, she's now started to buy properties, you know. So she's she's done that for a year or two. She's saved up the the cash for deposits and she's starting to buy her own property which is then running a service accommodation so I, I think generally a short to medium term strategy but it's also a great one just to top up so again that's what i do i have my own properties but the rent to rents are a quick cash flow for for low output for low for low money in at the beginning yeah so speaking of cash flow so basically this strategy could be used like you are using it for topping up your income or to save up if you're if you are planning to do your own projects like developments or buy your own properties and stuff like that. So yeah, it is a brilliant cash flow strategy, definitely. Now speaking of cash, what are actually the setup costs for a rent-to-rent? Because naturally you need to pay probably the deposit and rent to the landlord, but what other costs are involved? Are you responsible for anything else for the property before you can use it as a service accommodation or HMO? So generally, the deal you do with a landlord will depend on the property and the circumstances. So 
some people will can do a deal where they get three months rent free. You know that because that what they may be doing is having to furnish the property, which could cost anything from two to five thousand pounds if it's an empty property to to carpet it and furnish it generally. So they may have some of those costs to to add to it. It may need decorating. All these things need to be considered in the deal, and the and the deal you do with that landlord is is bespoke. It's individual. Generally, landlords will be fairly flexible. It's not normal or not always required to put a deposit in. So it's not like a normal rent. You're going to rent this on a corporate let agreement. So it's like a lease. So you're not renting it. You're not the tenant. You're basically taking over the property and, and leasing it like you would a commercial building. So one of the things people get hung up about, and, and often agents get hung up on about this, they talk about um, subletting, which is not a, not allowed in a lot of cases. Well, this isn't subletting. You're leasing the property to an individual or a company who are then going to use it for a particular purpose. And that it just so happens the particular purpose may be serviced accommodation or holiday lets, or it may be operated as a HMO. So it's not subletting. That sort of brings us on to the agent side of it. And, and they're often one of the obstacles if you're trying to go for a property that's that's advertised. So it's you know, like anything, like a purchase. I hate to do an agent out of a job and we're not trying to do that, but it, but if you can speak to the vendor themselves and explain it. It's often easier because the agent will not understand it in a lot of cases and will just rule it out and say you can't we can't sublet or we're not allowed yeah. we don't do that in you know and that's a common response. So getting getting hold of the the owner and speaking to the actual owner is always the best way. And is there like a specific a template agreement that you would use for this or that anyone could find online? Or what what sort of agreements would you put in place to secure the property with the owner? So it would be a corporate let agreement. So the, I mean, we we have these as templates. Um, you, you will be able to find them online. Problem with any template is you need to make sure it's suitable for your needs. Yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd always recommend using a solicitor or working with an agent who's done this on other occasions. So if if you were if you happen to find an agent who understands this, then they they may well have a, an agreement that you, that you can use a corporate let agreement but whatever you do you must not use an AST a, a short sold tenancy agreement because that is the wrong agreement to use okay brilliant and do you have any tips for anyone looking at rent to rent or any pitfalls to avoid from your experience yeah, I mean, one of the big ones is making sure that the owner is allowed to do this. So one of the one of the issues you can come across is mortgage conditions. So if the property has a mortgage on it and a residential mortgage or whatever, the owner needs to get confirmation from their lender that they're able to rent this out on, on this basis. If they don't, then the lender could call the mortgage in. Basically means you've lost your contract. Any bookings you've got, you've lost those, and the the property could be repossessed from from the owner uh, by the mortgage company. So it's important to make sure that that is in place. Now, if the property isn't mortgaged, then obviously that issue doesn't exist. And as long as you've got the agreements in place, then then you should be fine. One of the one of the things I do is is make sure there are break clauses in because you can never be sure how a property is going to operate. You know, there may be issues you you couldn't have been aware of through due diligence and 
if you've got a break clause in there, for instance, I have six-month break clauses on mine. So every six months, I have an option I can cancel that contract. And that's all the way through the term, which is brilliant because I know if anything happens, the most I'm going to lose is six months' rent, which is a lot of money. But, you know, the... The properties themselves, I mean, as an example, the lowest profit I make on one of these is about £600 a month. Now, compare that with a buy-to-let. It's in my part of the world, you're never going to make that much money on a buy-to-let. And this is profit and this isn't isn't rental income. On others, I make £1,200 a month. You know, so just to give you an example, and these are flats, apartments. These, These are not big properties. And one of the reasons, you know, I use rent to rent, like I said, it's just to top up that income for, for a very small outlay. You know, if you can, the, the easiest way is to, is to use a saucer because you're not having to approach multiple people, multiple agents, you know, looking for something that's suitable. If you use a reputable saucer, you're going to, you, you find a rent to rent deal that they have, and that deal should be almost ready to go. So for me, within a week, my property was up and running. They actually furnished it. The, the one I use for a, a saucer through. And like I say, I've never seen it. I keep meaning to book a weekend and go, you know, go for the weekend, but it's it's fully booked. I rarely have more than three or four days a month available on these. And these are all serviced accommodation. Now, I think the thing with HMOs is is just being careful around if you take one of those on an, on a on a rent to rent basis, if there are existing tenants in, especially if there's only, you know, if, if it's only part part tenanted then there's a potential there that those tenants have caused issues and other tenants have left because of that. Mm, so if, you, yeah. if you're taking on a HMO to run as a HMO, be very careful. If it's fully vacant, it's not so bad. You know, you've then got an option of using that as a HMO or potentially using it as a service accommodation. The only thing I would say there is just be careful that you don't lose your HMO status if it's in an Article 4 area, for example, um, by switching it to a serviced accommodation. Obviously, that's not good for the for the, for the the owner, uh, especially when he gets it back if it's suddenly been used for three years for a non-HMO use and he loses his ability to, to HMO, use that property as a HMO. But but it's a it's a it's a fantastic strategy. You know, using rent to rent is a, a very quick way to increase your cash flow, get started and be able to then start building your own portfolio. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you very much for these tips. So thank you very much, Jason. Thank you for coming on this podcast with me. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope it gave you a lot of insights about rent to rent We have lots of additional content about rent to rent We have a guide, we have blogs, we have videos. So we'll link all of those down below in the description. Don't forget to leave us a review if you enjoyed this podcast and also subscribe so that that you're notified whenever we release a new podcast. And they are all about property investment. So if you're into this subject, whether you're new or experienced, make sure you subscribe. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at podcast at source.co and we'll be able to help you, advise you and anything else you may want to ask us. Thank you very much, Jason, again for coming on this episode. Thank you.